Hi! Welcome back. It's good to be back. We're back in person, no longer fighting with my computer and Facebook Messenger. Oh, technology. <sighs> we do not miss those days, though we will probably employ those medias again. I'm tipping around and it's not a good time. Um, so, we are back in person. Yeah. Happy New Year to everyone. Um, hope your break was lovely. Welcome back to It's Not an Allegory. It's Not an Allegory. Where we have chaotic conversations about coffee and music and art and Jesus. And Jesus. Yeah, I don't even really know how else to describe us. Yeah. That's it. That's really it. If you're listening for the first time, we're very excited to have you. Please mm-hmm. go and check out our other podcasts, which sounds so weird to say. We have other podcasts, have other podcasts. podcasts. to listen to. We got asked on the way here if we were going to record another episode, and it was really weird to us that, like, other people were listening, because I haven't been checking the analytics or anything for this podcast, and... <laughs> We opened it, and, like, there were 52 listens on one of our episodes, and we just didn't know what to do. <laughs> so, thank you for listening. Yeah. This is this is exciting. People actually want to hear what we're saying, which blows our minds, because... I feel like people don't want to hear what we're saying in person <laughs> some days. Why did we think we should run a podcast? We don't know. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, for the coffee aspect of our podcast, we're doing things a little bit different today in a couple ways. Mostly, we're not talking about books or asking as many questions because we have a lot of opinions to get out today. <laughs> so, if you don't want to hear me rage at the world, <laughs> not quite, that's an exaggeration, but if you don't want to hear some angry rants, just turn it off now. If you don't want uh, your opinion of us to be sullied. That's why people if it listen has, to this podcast, I mean, if, if, the, if, they're, if, they're, if your opinion of us hasn't been sullied yet, I don't know what you're doing. No. I don't know, you haven't been listening then. Yeah. Anyways. Without further ado, Erin made the coffee this morning. Bless her soul. Mm-hmm. And I am very excited to hear her talk a little bit about this coffee. Mm. So, Erin, what am I drinking? Well, you are drinking stuff. Well, you, she tried it, and the face was excellent. It's and called a caramel crunch roast from a local place from my home uh, in Saskatoon. It's called McQuarrie's Coffee. McQuarrie's. So this is blessed. So, yes. Wonderful little shop. It has an awning out front. And any shop with an awning you know is trustworthy. (laughs) And it's on Broadway in Saskatoon. So if you're in Saskatoon and you're looking for a really cute little coffee and tea merchant place, that place was awesome. Absolutely love it. This was actually a gift from my sister-in-law. And bless her soul, she got me Caramel Crunch, which it's kind of funny because I don't love caramel crunch but i don't know why would you know that about me no one no one just talks about their opinions of caramel except for you pam but when i got it i was like oh perfect this is the coffee i can give to pam when she comes into my room asking for for the the energy juice so it's blessed you look very happy caramel toads are so good i love caramel which it's funny because i hate it as a kid and i don't know why it's just sugar and butter Mm. but Oh man, this is so blessed. And it like doesn't make the coffee sweeter. It's just no. got like a little bit of a, a richness to it that's got that like caramelized mm-hmm. flavor about it. It's actually quite nice. I'm I'm That's impressed. it. That could be the entire podcast right now. I'm I'm so happy, y'all. I think it's a dark like, roast. Or medium. It's a medium roast. Sorry. Mm. I didn't say what kind of roast. It's phenomenal, is what it is. Mm. I'm very happy right <laughs> now. Oh man. It's a little weaker than I'd like it to be. Yeah. I didn't I, I didn't keep track of my water. That's fair. That's we're cool. not used to making coffee here again. No, we're not. Oh. Getting back into the, the rhythm. Instead of yeah. just turning the coffee pot on, you know, I actually have to put in the effort. Brutal. Mm. My coffee is now no longer monitored by my wallet, and nothing has made me more sad than realizing that I have to pay for every coffee ah, that yes. I drink. Yes. I know. Being at home where the parents bless their souls provide all the things necessary to life, primarily coffee. coffee. <laughs> oh man, I've had so much coffee in the last three weeks. I might as well like be shaking 24 seconds. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. I am shaking 24 seconds. This last week I had a ton of coffee. Like to the point that I was like, oh no, me, me mm. who drinks unholy amounts mm-hmm. of coffee. Oh, I was too. like, man, maybe I should stop drinking coffee. Because so I was in Mod Week mm-hmm. and Travis Johnston, bless his soul, he listens now, I think. I don't know. Yeah. If you're listening, 
Hello. Love the mod. It was great. But he provided <laughs> coffee every morning. So I'd make my big tall Yeti full of coffee, drink that by the end of like first class. And then I just never have an empty cup for the rest of the morning. And like, <laughs> that, that adds up. That's a lot of coffee. You should have had that in secular trends class. <laughs> I needed that. Oh, man. Oh, man. It was Glorious. Absolutely glorious. Not because secular trends class was boring. It was because my head was hurting from the amount of knowledge and I needed coffee to balance it out. Mm, mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. anyway, that was coffee. (laughs) Apparently we're a little excited to talk about coffee. Oh, wow. (laughs) I feel like it's been a while since we've been in the same room just chatting. Mm -hmm. Like it's been been three weeks or something. Yeah. Three, four. Four four. weeks. Four weeks. Yeah. Whoa. How did I live? Mm. We don't know. I was fine. (laughs) Yeah. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I missed you. <laughs> I missed this. This is good. Oh, man. Okay. So, Pam, you are about to make me extremely angry. I am. Go right ahead. All I'm right. ready. So, for Christmas, I collect poetry books. As a fun fact, if you didn't know that, my friends like getting me poetry books because I love poetry. I love writing it. I love reading it. I love r- writing it. I said that twice. I love... It's only because it's doubly true. Yeah, it is doubly true. I love um, sharing it with others. Mm. I take so many pictures throughout my poetry books and send it to people. And You're just, an like, excellent poet. I, oh. Absolutely excellent. <laughs> Thank like, you. Highly recommend. Oh, yeah. Um, so I got a poetry book from one of my formerly favorite authors, Rupi Kaur. Erin <laughs> um, has n- not arrived at the same appreciation of Rupi Kaur, and I will be honest, this last book, mini book review here, it very much disappointed me, and I would not recommend it. I appreciated a couple of the poems, but I feel like the two-year wait was not worth the five poems Mm. that I liked, so... Yeah, I, I will give her this. It's very aesthetically pleasing, like... I guess we yeah. should explain who Rupi Kaur is for those. Rupi Kaur is a um, Canadian Sikh poet from Ontario. Um, she has been writing. She self-published her first book and made like millions of followers. Everybody's seen her format of poems on social, social media. media. Yeah, probably. Whether it be a legit poem or people making fun of Rupi Kaur, it's kind of like angsty Twitter posts with like with line art. Yeah. That's basically it. Yeah, and it's all, like, in typewriter font, all to the side. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the best way. Yeah, and then the art is quite distinctive. She Mm -hmm. is a a good line artist. She's a good artist. She does it all in fountain pen, and I feel Mm. like I can really appreciate that as someone who loves fountain pens. Mm. Um, Who doesn't love a good fountain pen? She posts the pictures of the fountain pen she buys and the ink (gasps) she buys, and I nerd out so hardcore because I love them so much. And then you are sad because you're too poor to afford any of them? Yeah, but we can get past that. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I got this Rupi Kaur book. Um... She's very progressive and very, um... Yep, extremely. She's very good friends with the NDP leader of our country, or of the party in our country. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I feel like that sums up everything you need to know about Rupi Kaur. She's freaking beautiful. She is. She's 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 absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, That means nothing, though. I know. Yeah. And I really, as the former liberal mess that I was. That's really the only way I can describe my past life. Um, (laughs) My past life. Pre-Jesus. Pre-Jesus. I loved Ruby Quar, but I just took secular trends, and we talked a lot about a lot of things. Mostly paganism. Mostly paganism and oneness and things. And this has changed my lens on a lot of things, from the movies I watch, which I expected, to the music I listen to, which I also expected. Thanks, Beatles. Um, <laughs> but then I read this poetry book right after class, and I realized, wow, this actually is a new filter for my art and the art I consume. Hmm. So without further ado, I decided, after being slightly angry reading it out of this lens, that I needed to share with my most opinionated friend I have. Hey! <laughs> my, 
Okay, never mind. I can't so, even argue without forming an opinion. I have my book here, Homebody by Ruby Quar, so that we're citing our sources. It just came out, like, right before Christmas. Um, and honestly, I was so excited, but it sold out before I could pre-order it. And my friend bought it for me. And Morgan, if you're listening, I'm sorry. This book is not as good as we expected it to be. But I still appreciate you and will keep this book on my shelf because it's aesthetically pleasing. Mm. Without further ado, I have a series of four or five poems that I'm going to share with you. They're all similar themed. Mm-hmm. Ready for this? Okay. Mm-hmm. Our souls will not be soothed soothed by what we achieve, how we look, or how hard we work to do, or all the hard work we do. Even if we manage to make all the money in the world, we'd be left feeling empty for something our souls ache for community. Our deepest being craves one another. We need to be connected to feel alive. First off, your voice <laughs> completely changes when you read these poems. And it just, it, it gets that very soft, like you're in a spa getting a massage, kind of like only positive vibes are coming your way, kind of undisruptive medita- meditation. Meditative. Medi- thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Meditative. Unless and obnoxious. Oh, it hurts. It <laughs> just makes it, it's like it's trying to, you're trying to force me to feel something. I refuse. Um, I don't know. Okay. I, I I know I said I'm going to get angry. And I know it'll, it'll make me mad in the sense of like, uh, stupidity. Uh, like, these things. <laughs> I don't know. Other things like that. Uh, ah, feminism. There, that is. That's it. That's it. But I, I was reading, I was scrolling through Instagram. And a Charles Spurgeon quote came up. And I love Charles Spurgeon. I don't remember the exact quote, but it was along the lines of, if you're getting angry with the people in the world because they're foolish, like, that's not from the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's not what Christ did. Like, being angry in a righteous anger, obviously, but just getting mad and yelling at the world for how broken it is, that is not a loving, not. Christ-like thing to do. So, and that's not what changed my mind on this, but my anger is very much overcome by my sadness for people who actually believe this and who live in a fallen, hopeless state, and just have no... And this is the, the outlet. This is the only way they can think to process that and to try and feel something and to try and feel good about themselves. That breaks my heart, and I'm genuinely sad for her. And we're only one poem in. We're only one poem in. I chose them strategically so that they'd get more and more getting you riled up. You know what? The the sunrise this morning was gorgeous. There is frost on all of the trees because there was a thick fog last night. So as we walked here, I drank in the beauty of God's creation and I'm drinking coffee. Good so coffee. you're going to have to work a little harder to make me angry. And you took that as a challenge. <laughs> Carry on. The land sprawled its limbs and said, put your feet up. The trees said, we will give you life. The air said, breathe me in. The earth said, take care of what takes care of you. And we turned our backs on all of them. Ugh. It's disgusting. A little bit. Disgusting. Uh, Earth is God, or nature is God propaganda. Very prevalent throughout all of society. Uh, Even, like, with just the green movement. Uh, Not that recycling is bad. I recycle, and I do my best to not waste things, but that's not, not because the Earth deserves it. Still just makes me sad. Keep trying, Pam. I will not break. I will only feel sadness and compassion for the the hurt of the loss. <laughs> We've ruined our only home for convenience and profit, neither of which will be useful when the earth can't breathe. That one, what is that titled? It's not titled. Ah, shoot. It would probably be titled like anti-capitalism or something. Oh, like she that. has one of those too. Oh, right. Just wait. <laughs> oh, just wait. Um, Sorry, spoilers. Man, ugh, that, hmm. Being the loudest on Earth's playground 
doesn't make us any more important than the dirt we crush beneath our feet. We are nothing except air and fire and water and soil. We are a people who forget what we are made of, a people who talk about the weather as if it's not, as if it is mundane and not magic, as if the oceans are not holy water, as if the sky is not a vision, as if the animals are not our siblings, as if nature is not God, <clears throat> the rain is not God's tears, and we are not God's children, as if God is not the earth itself. <laughs> this is exactly what I was talking about. Uh, yeah, you gave your spiel and I was just like, oh, oh man, no. just wait. Oh man, the earth is not God. And we're, hmm. She's looking for a concept of God. And, and like, that's, every human is doing that. But how is, like, in what logical sense could you ever think, yeah, the earth, that's God. I mean, I know the pagans have done it forever, since the fall of man. Mm -hmm. But, but like, ah, uh, it's, it's so sad because it's like, there's this general revelation of like there's there's the mountains and there's the trees and it's like it's all pointing towards a creator and then people look and they're like yeah the mountain that must have done something to make me who I am holy water where does she get the concept of holy what, how, does she know what holiness is I'm gonna go with no ah okay now I'm getting mad oh I found one not at her. But mad, just yeah. at paganism in general. I found one that I didn't have bookmarked, but I feel like this might soften you a little bit. I'm, hey, I'm not angry at I her. It, she makes me so sad. I want to have a conversation with her, honestly. I would love to have a conversation with her. I feel like she would have some amazing thoughts and things Would to she, talk though? About. Because she just has angsty Twitter yeah. posts that sound like she's knows what she's talking about or trying to sound deep and philosophical. Very trite. Very, you ready very for trite. this? No. This is a poem. This is a poem? This is a poem. Assuring all the listeners here, this is a poem? Get out of your own way. Get out of your own way. Get out of your own way. That's not a poem! That's not... That in no way, shape, or form resembles poetry. That is just... That is a, a signpost on the street. That tells me nothing. That points to nothing. That has nothing of substance to it. Get out of your own way. What does that even mean? And how is that poetry? That requires no skill whatsoever. <laughs> your voice is your sovereignty. I'm done. <laughs> your, your voice is your... One line. That's it? Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. The, that's the that's whole the poem. poem. That's it. That's the whole poem. I'm sick of this. Aaron's standing up and getting ready to leave. Because that's... Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm calm. It's fine. You will not make... More coffee is required. You look tired, he says. I turn to him and say, Yeah, I'm exhausted. I've been fighting misogyny for decades. <laughs> How else do you expect me to look? Now, I have mixed feelings about this one because for many, 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 many of my years, of my 20 years of, of your existence, few years, yes. Um, for the majority of them, though. Yes, majority of them have been based in feminism. Very, I didn't think it was extreme feminism, but the more I think about it, it, yeah, was. it was a little extreme feminism. <laughs> um, and so part of me actually understands this poem. Mm. And like, I was just like, yeah, actually, I get this. But at the same time, first off, again, we're back at the last point of this is not poetry. This is a Tumblr post. <laughs> yeah, and it's not art. It's not art. There's not even a line drawing on this one. What? It's Come just a on. blank page with that. Um, the, light, the writing's in italics, though. Oh, in italics. Yeah. Oh, thus it's art. That's, that changes everything. I know. See, Kate, so what was my mind? Kate, she, she's Indian-Canadian. Like, doesn't she know 
what the, like the country that her family comes from, how different it is from the country she lives in now. Like she's in Canada where women have rights and freedoms, the same rights and freedoms as men. It's not like there's a, here's the women's charter of rights and freedoms and here's the men's charter of rights and freedoms. That doesn't mean people are nice, but she doesn't live in a misogynistic nation. People can't just do whatever they want to her and actually... Some people get away with doing awful things. People get away with doing awful things to everyone, though. You're not special for suffering. Everyone suffers, okay? You're not fighting misogyny in Canada, okay? You're really not. Most of the, mo the, the most powerful positions in Canada, other than Prime Minister, obviously, are fulfilled, are filled with women at the moment. The Governor General, she has a lot of power. She's a woman, and she has been a woman for the last three Governor Generals. That's not a misogynistic nation. She has not been fighting misogyny for decades. She's been fighting her own angst. That's a lie. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Two more. No! You said five or six. I know, but this is just so fun. Actually, last night you said three or four. I know, but then I got really excited oh, about this, no. actually. You re I read some to her last night, and she just got so fired up that I had to keep going. That I had to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, that too. I was, I was so done. Your beauty is undeniable. But everything sacred and ancient in you is even more stunning. What does she mean by sacred? What does she mean by ancient? What does that mean? What know. am I supposed to do with that? I don't know. Aren't should point you somewhere, shouldn't it? It should, it should This be... is modern art. Yeah, okay. That means nothing. That means it's not art. It just means that someone said, slapped a modern art label on it and said, this is art for the sake of art. We'll just leave it like that. And now every other artist in the world has to fight with that stupidity in order to make their art seem valid in other people's eyes. Because this is all people see when they think of art. They think of things like this and, and the triteness and the, the lack of point, there's no practicality, there's nothing of substance to it. And they think, ah, oh, yeah, that's what artists do. And then I say to other to people, I'm an artist. And they're like, oh, well, that must mean that you form stupid opinions and you're angsty and weird and have no friends. And I mean, some of those things might be true, but it's not because I'm an artist. <laughs> Anyways, one, this is the last one, this right? This is the last one. It better be. I will and, hold you to that. And... I think you know which poem it is, mm -hmm. because it's just a sentence, again, and this segues beautifully into the rest of our podcast. Ready for this? No. No, you're not. I'm waking up to my god self. And with that, we conclude reading poetry with Pam and Aaron. Oh, I need to take back something I said. Mm. Her, her art, art, I put air quotes around that, it does elicit a response because the only thing I want to do with myself right now is smash my head into a wall and pretend that the last 20 minutes never happened. Yeah, that's valid. And then I would remove my head from the wall and I would look at the hole that I have made and I would call it art. <laughs> <laughs> It's in vain, really. <laughs> That's savage. Dang. Wow. I think I elicited I'm, the response that I intended. I'm so mad right now. I know you are. I mean, but I will I will say what I said at the beginning. I still only just feel sad Sadness. for her. Like it just hurts me that I mean it makes me angry that, that, that people actually believe this. I mean it makes the, the anger is more like people call this art and and there's mm -hmm. there's a whole other side to that that I kinda ranted about a little bit already but the hopeless you can feel it in every single poem you can feel the hopelessness and the need for jesus the desperate desperate need she's looking for god desperately yeah. and like i don't know we've moved into an age where everyone seems to not everyone but most people have this idea of of divine of sacred and they're looking for it because the 50 years ago there was a movement to not think of anything sacred and it was everything like industrial and and logic <clears throat> and thinking and science like the you can't live life like that nasa though. is a huge influence in that yeah. of of this very cold intellectual view mm -hmm. of the world and people have shifted back into a spiritual but there's no there's no guidance in it there's mm -hmm. no law it's spiritual it's not religious exactly well 
Well, yes. Everything could be religion, yes. but anyway, that's totally mm-hmm. different conversation. But yes, the spirituality completely unhinged, and it is so destructive. Mm-hmm. It is, it, and and people think that oh yeah, there's this good and light side, and it's like you know what, you're not going to find any sort of healthy spirituality, which makes me cringe to say those words, but you're not going to find that outside of Christ. You're not going to no. find anything light outside of him. It's only darkness disguised as light. Mm-hmm. And that book is rife with it. Yeah. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody who took secular trends this week is probably going to be living for that little mini rant. Ah. So congratulations. Thank you. I took secular trends last year. Yeah. Thanks Carl. It was a great class. I loved it. And I still form opinions mm-hmm. based off of it because oh, it was so insightful. It really was. So, the reason that we decided to talk about Rupi Kaur and art um, was not just because I'm obsessed with my secular trans class and I'm obsessed with poetry. Although that was a significant influence. That was a significant influence. But we both were talking about art. Erin is a phenomenal, phenomenal painter. As we've said before in this podcast, her art just blows me away every time I see it. I have small collections of drawings that she's painted me on my, or paintings and drawings that she's given me on my wall at home and here. It makes me very happy, mostly because she goes out of her norm to paint me obscure things like my cat being dumb and baby Yoda and ducks. (laughs) I have many baby Yoda paintings from Erin and it makes me happy. And so, yeah, we're both Art is just something we're passionate about. I do mm. write in my free time a little bit. And I've said, you're an exceptional poet. She writes to make people think. She writes with with hope. She does. You do write out of out of hurt and pain. I do. But y- you are pointing to something greater. <laughs> and I think it's you reach people in very dark places with with a light of Christ and saying like this is. I know where you're at. I, I understand mm-hmm. the brokenness and the pain that you're in, but. There is something there more. Is something there is something more. better. Yeah. And that is absolutely beautiful. And it is in every single one of your poems. Even the really dark, morbid ones that I've that Sat I've there read. and been like, hey, Pam. Are you okay? <laughs> should I drive seven hours to come see you? <laughs> um, yeah. So obvi- our podcast is called It's Not an Allegory. And we were talking a lot last night about how art is very allegorical. Mm. Um, every thing that is in art either points to brokenness with Christ or brokenness without Christ. Mm, To boil it down to its simplest definition. That's the allegory within art. Every artist sees some sort of brokenness. Mm. And I'll expand a little bit more on my thoughts on that in a bit. But, yeah, I was reading this poetry book with Erin, and we both just realized how hopeless people are, but also how misplaced their hopelessness is. Like or misplace their hope is, I should yeah. say, in that there's a lot, like, everybody sees their need for something. Everybody sees that there's brokenness in the world. Everyone sees that there's something that needs to be st- fixed. But instead of turning to Christ, everybody turns to themselves to their own concept of what divinity and spirituality is, to the idea of oneness, to the mm. idea of being all interconnected to the idea of transcendence. You can go down the list and just there's something else that people find to put their hope in. But at the end of the day, it just leads to misplaced hope and mm. a lack of understanding. And even more hurt, mm-hmm. right? Because those things, they fail every single every time. Every time. I, I did some teaching this week for my, for my mod class, um, teaching on the Psalms. So I taught Psalm 121. And you've probably heard it in songs, and I'm sorry for those who are in the class, you're hearing a bit of repeat. Uh, Psalm 121, I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That's how that psalm starts. And when I was doing my research on it, I, one person uh, was writing about the hills and how, how would an exile returning fr- from Babylon, going up to Jerusalem, Think about this song. And they might look at the hills and see only where people put up idols, like Mm -hmm. the high places. Scripture talks Mm -hmm. about the high places, the high places. And a good king and a bad king in scripture is often 
not well, like other than whether they followed God or not, right? That's the first thing. And the second thing is usually, did they tear down the high places mm-hmm. or did they leave the high places? And or did they build them people, up? People were all always, always since like Tower of Babel, they're always going up mm-hmm. trying to find God. Mm-hmm. And the irony of Babel is that God was came down to mm-hmm. look at the evil on the earth. Mm-hmm. It's like you are so far away from God. You think that you're ascending to something and you're not. Not even close. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Well, in the hills, I'm probably not going to find refuge in the idols that that people have put up there. And that's the same with art now. People are trying to find this higher plane of understanding and they're like, ah, yes, I'm in, mm-hmm. enlightened. Let me bring you up to me. And it's like, you know what? I, I, I'll, I'll pass mm-hmm. because I know that the God of the universe is so much higher mm-hmm. than you are. <laughs> Amen. 100%. Mm. Man, do I need to continue? I feel like, I feel like I don't. You kind of covered it. It's fine. Let's continue. Okay. No, we have we have so yeah. much more we can we say. We do actually. We we talked about this for a hot minute. We were up to like one a.m. Twelve forty-five. One a.m. <laughs> were we talking about this the entire time? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. <laughs> but you know, we tried our best. I ate noodles. You ate it noodles. It was good. I. Anyways, yeah. My question next. Yeah. Year? You're oh, the, okay. You're the one who asks first. How. Does the world fuel art? Dang it, I spoiled it quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you were talking, I'm like, well, I don't need to answer my question anymore. We have it set up so she'll ask questions and I ask questions because otherwise we get off track. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, what you said about reaching down and reaching up, I think, is a big thing on how mm-hmm. art is fueled. You either see people reaching down and you see all the hurt in their mm-hmm. art. You see some pretty awful things when you go through an art gallery like an art gallery is a place that often moves me to tears Mm. with the things that are in it um just because it's so broken and not just because it's so full of blasphemy most of the time yeah there's a lot of blasphemy in a lot of blasphemy museums and galleries it's Mm -hmm. it's a wild time um or they reach up you see lots of messages about becoming more in art you see lots of messages about being divine or Mm. seeing divine in things but it's never god Mm. you see divine aware of your god self yeah aware of your god self (laughs) that line hit me like a 10 ton truck yesterday as i read it i was i actually i put the book down i was in my hall leader's room and i just said like i read the poem and i was people this is where we're at Mm. this is it's not just uh there is no god it's I am God. Mm. Worship of self. Worship of self. Everyone worships, right? Yeah, you can't not worship something in this world. And um, I understand that. Like, from two years ago, I understand how if you're going to reject the God of Christianity, why wouldn't you Mm. worship yourself? I mean, I thought I was pretty great for some obscure reason before I was a Christian. But I think that tied to that, tied to that reaching up and reaching down, it's a lot of reaching within. Mm. There's a lot of looking for your who you are as a god, your divinity, your spirituality, your connection with the earth, your connection with people. It's very self. It's what you feel. It's very mm. what you think is wrong with the world and even in abstract art you know psychedelics like what you experience what you envision what you experience uh, with the people around you it's all going back to how you interpret it and it's it's very hopeless in the end Hmm. because it's within it's what you how you can't fix the world in the end. It's only finding more and more depravity. Mm-hmm. You can't find anything good within ourselves. Like mm. We don't produce any righteousness. Don't, we're not righteous by any standard. Come on, we don't produce that. It Read just... Romans. <laughs> <laughs> Read James. 
Can we find anything good within ourselves? By, By no, no means. means. Oh, good man. old Romans class. Anyways. So, with what I've said, how, what are some ways... I give Aaron the tough thinking questions because oh, Aaron is infinitely smarter than myself. <laughs> um, uh. In what ways would you describe art as ad- allegorical in today's society? Mm. With, describe art as allegorical. I would say that everyone who produces art of any sort, which there's a lot of people who should label themselves as artists who don't, um, I think in every piece there is a little bit of what, it's it's a bit of a Mm self-portrait. I don't know. I don't know if I fully agree with the philosophy, but some people Mm -hmm. live that um, every painting is a Mm self-portrait because it is a reflection of Mm -hmm. of who you are. And to an extent, I I would agree. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not, I don't just make art like without any input of my own mm-hmm. like i even my art is from a very practical standpoint of oh look mm-hmm. there's a tree it is beautiful i paint like mm-hmm. I, that's that's the thought mm-hmm. process but it's still a reflection of what i find beautiful and and my thought process is put into it mm-hmm. but ah man allegorical in it from a worldly stance i think that that philosophy is even more so of people are trying to express themselves yeah. in a way that that feels satisfying. Like they're mm-hmm. f- trying to find some sort of satisfaction and, and feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. You know, they just there's this emptiness, and and we and we know that the only thing that can fill it is Christ. Yeah, but these oh boy, do are, we? <laughs> oh boy, do we know? And they're reaching out for something, and they're they're throwing paint on canvases and they're they're writing things and they're molding things with their hands to try and feel like they have some sort of control and definitely it creates a god complex in a lot of people because they're creating something and we as image bearers were like wow what a beautiful thing is that when we create it's because the god of the universe created us he made us in his image we are unique from the rest of creation in that we are image bearers of him. And thus, in how we reflect him, we produce and create something else. Something yeah. beautiful. We're trying to make this beauty mm-hmm. to reflect him. That's the Christian art. That is a beautiful picture of the gospel, mm-hmm. of how we carry the image and how we reflect him. Like, that's amazing. That blows my mind that we have this opportunity to do that. But in the pagan world, that spirituality is, it, it, it just makes you more and more prideful and think yourself as great and it's trying to find control and grasp something grasp yeah honestly could just leave it at that you're just grasping at straws trying to find something that will make you feel fit full yeah sort feel full lots of alliteration Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't even know what else to say i was gonna say stuff about like the tabernacle and the art in the tabernacle but it doesn't seem as relevant at the moment yeah Another podcast, I suppose. Oh, brutal. Another <laughs> podcast about art. What will we do? What will we do? No, but specifically about the tabernacle mm. and tabernacle worship. I will, Kate, okay, never mind. I will say something about it. What a beautiful work of art the tabernacle was. Mm-hmm. And it was not of Israel's design. Mm-hmm. It was what God told them to make. Yeah. And it wasn't a time where Israel was like, yeah, we're going to worship God. We saw what happened with the calf. We're, we'll be good mm-hmm. <laughs> for a little while. For a little, little while, a little bit. People gave so much. Even those who weren't craftsmen could contribute mm-hmm. to this, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, to the point, Moses had to stop the people from bringing gifts mm-hmm. of gold. They're like, no, we have too much. Mm-hmm. Stop giving us mm-hmm. all the riches for the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. Stop. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Because mm-hmm. everyone wanted to be a part of it mm-hmm. and, to, and to put something into this, right? Oh, but, and, and the... the, the People who overseeing Oholiab and Bezalel, those two guys, first time in scripture that it is mentioned someone was filled with the Holy Spirit. In any time previously, it was the Holy Spirit, the Spirit came upon them. Mm-hmm. But these two men, they were filled with the mm-hmm. Spirit to produce beautiful works of art for the use of worshiping mm-hmm. God. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Right? That mm-hmm. is amazing. And as an artist, I need, when I first heard that of, mm-hmm. like, 
these guys were filled with the spirit. I'm like, oh, I'm filled with the spirit too, mm-hmm. to create works of art. I know that that's what God has gifted me with, yeah. and I can use that. Whoa, I have purpose. True. Amazing. We do. Right? So good. Um, For the last point, we were going to just, I think we could actually make this last point and just both answer it, because I think that the questions I was going to ask you kind of ties to it. Mm. Um, But it was, how do Christians feel their art? We talked about the things that, mm. the world sources their art in. Um. Well, I already talked about the spirit. Yeah, so the spirit, there's that. that, that. Um, Who need I to think <laughs> another big thing is the gospel. You know, like God created man in His own image, and then man fell, mm. and then He. But that's not where the story ended. There's hope because God, seeing that falling, seeing that sin and depravity, sent His Son to Utter save humiliation. us. In I don't know about you, but looking at the world even right now, like, I'm sitting there like, man, I don't want to be here. Thank goodness I'm not God, (laughs) because I wouldn't have saved us. Like, (laughs) praise God for the fact that he loved us enough to send his son to Mm. give us hope. Mm. Like, to die on a cross and then be resurrected in order to satisfy the punishment meant for sin and bring us back to God. Mm. Like... How unbelievably amazing is that? And then we get the chance to respond. First with, you know, accepting that gift of salvation, but then using the rest of our lives to reflect the previous story Mm. that has led us to this point. Like, we're image bearers, like God creating in the garden. We as artists have this ability and this responsibility to look at that beautiful Mm. tree outside, to look at that sunrise and be like, wow, Isn't God amazing that he made that sunrise? Mm. How can I reflect that beauty? How can I use my art and just point to an Mm. infinite creator who is so much more sovereign than you or I? Mm. And then, yeah, we, we have heartbreaking art. I write poetry that comes out of some very hard places in my Mm -hmm. life. Some places where I, sin has corrupted me beyond all reason and has corrupted the people around me beyond all reason. Like, this is a broken world, and that's not going to not affect my art. That's mm. a significant part of it. But there is a hope, because that's not where the story ends. Mm. No person who's hurt me, no sin that I've done is going to separate me from that infinite love of God. Amen. How beautiful is that? And we get to use our art to reflect that too. To reflect that, yeah, we're broken people, but there is a hope. And we can respond to that. That's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. You are glowing right now. You're so happy. (laughs) Like, I have nothing to add to that. That is the gospel, and that is gorgeous. And I, I don't know, art can, people feel like it might be, you trying to add something? Mm-hmm. Trying to make something more mm-hmm. beautiful? Absolutely not. No. I, I would... The complete opposite, in fact. Because I don't think I can add anything to the beauty mm-hmm. of the gospel. Absolutely in the same not. way that I can't say any words to to try and improve mm-hmm. upon the excitement that mm-hmm. you had in, in your speech. I won't say right. <laughs> like, that was beautiful. And so I can't say anything to improve upon mm-hmm. that. Because that is, in and of itself, an objectively beautiful thing. It is. Not for my sake, but for his glory. In the yeah. same way as a sunrise is not there for me. Mm-hmm. No. God didn't put it there just, like, for me to feel good. Although and he does allow us to enjoy these Exactly. Things. That is where we can, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I can capture a sunrise to point to something better. Yeah. It is a reflection. What uh, the Hebrews verse about, uh, now we see in a mirror dimly, mm-hmm. right? That's all that art is. You know, mm-hmm. you see... You see a painting of the mountains, and you love the mountains. You miss oh. them. You're out here in Saskatchewan. It's like, well, no mountains this anywhere. This is flat as can be. But if you saw a painting of the mountains, it wouldn't make you think, wow, great painting. I mean, you might think that. Yeah. But you'd think, I want to go there. Yeah. I want to go to where those mm-hmm. mountains are because the real thing is always better mm-hmm. than the copy. Yeah. And if you were at the mountains, you'd be mm-hmm. like, wow, those mountains are huge. And you as a Christian might think, but my God is bigger. He I want to go there. Yeah. I want to go to his presence because mm-hmm. that the mountains are pointing to something, yeah. which is why they peak to the point. Not because of physics, 
Any oh, science yeah. nerds? Hmm. Stay away. Well, I think it's not. That's not why. I just have another thing. Gravity. <laughs> and because it's my word. Um, I think just I just have another this. thing too. And um, when we're painting th- and we're creating things that do point to the sin in the world, we're not trying to glorify it, and that's key. Mm. I was just thinking of um, Ted Decker, one of my favorite authors. Does anybody who's listened to this podcast or listened to me talk has noticed? <laughs> One thing that I really appreciate about him is he doesn't make evil redeemable in that he doesn't make it something that is aspire you don't you don't sit there and think, well, you know, he's a good guy deep down. Mm. He just has some flaws. No, that guy's a crazy Nazi serial killer and you don't feel any pity for him when he faces judgment. Mm. And I don't think artists are like I know a lot of art I see um, just when I go to galleries and when I read poetry, it kind of points to the darkness that is around us and is like, it's okay. Mm. It's not that bad. It's who we are. It's part, you can't have darkness in, without light and you can't have light without darkness. When I'm writing about darkness, I want you to know that it is corrupting. It mm. is awful. There is nothing good about the dark places I have been in. Mm. There is nothing, like, I want you to sit there and read it and be like, thank God that she is not there anymore. Thank God that there is a way out of this darkness. Mm. The, the art world, it's very liberal, mm-hmm. and it, is a, it has acknowledged the truth mm-hmm. that people are hopelessly corrupt, mm-hmm. and they leave it there. Yeah. There's nothing further than that. That's why Rupi Kaur's book breaks my heart. Breaks. It's it's heartbreaking. It's so sad. Realize. She talks about capitalism and misogyny. I mean, capitalism is not evil. I would argue, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> that would be an interesting <laughs> conversation, to say the least. But she talks about all these things about how corrupt and evil they are, and how people do these awful things, and that's it. Yeah. There's no. There's no standard. There's no way out. There's mm-hmm. no hope. Absolutely none. I mean, she kind of tries to. She tries to point to a hope. She talks about the oceans are holy waters and and worship of the earth and self. And I don't actually know what her point is because it's a little, little too convoluted to actually make coherent thoughts out of it. You mean get out of your own way? Get out of your own way? Get out of your own way? Wasn't wasn't enough for you? No, it it really <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> But I don't know. I when last night when we were talking about what fuels Christian art, the first thing I thought of is fruits of the spirit, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control, being filled with the spirit. That truly mm-hmm. is what it boils down to is fueling yeah. art. At the beginning you you defined or you said our definition of this why art is allegorical. It's the allegory boils down to being broken with Jesus or broken without Jesus. And we've talked a lot about being broken without Jesus. And the broken with Jesus is that is a totally different light on brokenness. It's a... It's realizing that the, there's hope even in that brokenness. But it's even the continual breaking down of of myself mm-hmm. and my pride mm-hmm. and being filled with Christ and mm-hmm. becoming more and more like Christ. My ongoing sanctification yeah. is me continually being broken down mm-hmm. so that he may build me up and... Yeah. and impart his righteousness mm-hmm. on me because mm-hmm. I don't produce it on my no. own. And that is a completely different view of brokenness. Mm-hmm. That's totally different. And also that doesn't blame anyone but myself. Yeah. And and the sin and brokenness in myself because mm-hmm. art world will try and place blame on misogyny or white men. Most those the main two yeah, those are the really, those are really the, the only ones, problems, right? Those are the, the only world. problems with the world. Is Christians, white men. that's the other. Problem oh, Christians, Christians, right, right. Yeah. So I guess we have no right to say anything yeah, because I guess we are we, the yeah. problem with the world. We are. Oh, but we're females, so we are allowed to have an opinion. There we go. There it is. There we go. We, we got just love artists too, so oh, we have good right. knowledge of what's actually going mm-hmm. on in the mm-hmm. world. <laughs> As that hurt me so much. I know. <laughs> We're trying to produce logic out of liberalism. Just there is it doesn't add up. There is none there. There's we're white, so does that kind of detract? From well, our like authority? if one of us wasn't white, then that we her opinion would mean more than the oh, others. Oh, okay. But, but since I don't we're know. Both artists, and... but then there's that means that there's a standard. Yeah. Wild. Anyway, 
Don't think about it too Don't long or your brain long. will explode. Aaron decided to give me a contribution after oh, wait. reading my poetry. We have a quote first. Oh, yes. Aaron wants to read her quote first. <laughs> because it's from C.S. Lewis. She loves C.S. Lewis a little bit. Just a little bit. He was talking in uh, stories and his other essays about art. And he's saying that is one of the functions of art is to present what the narrow and desperately practical perspectives Mm -hmm. of real life exclude. Mm -hmm. I think it's a wonderful balance between, not balance, but it's, it's both very practical. Yeah. But abstract at the same time, Mm -hmm. because I think it's a reflection of how God is, he's sovereign Mm -hmm. and he is over all of creation and he's huge and he's so holy, so separate from us. Amen. And yet he is intimate and he is close. The, the holy and the separate, that is such an abstract concept. We cannot Mm -hmm. grasp that no matter how hard we try. Mm -hmm. And yet he is so close and he's personal and he came and he was a man Mm -hmm. so that he is, he's not unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Amen. He is so close and personal. And that is a very practical, close thing. And it's just these two sides of art. And the art world is like either go really abstract or go really practical. And the Christian art world is both Mm -hmm. at the exact same time. That's why it's amazing. Right? So good. Because it reflects the gospel. Jesus, he's fully man. He's fully God. Wow. At the same time, 100% of both. Hypostatic union. And art is a reflection of the hypostatic union. Boom. You heard it here first. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Travis is going to listen to this and be like, we have to talk about it. We have to talk about it. Anyway. So, I wrote my own poem in honor of Ruby Quar. In honor of Ruby Quar. I can't wait. This is my own original work. This is so deep. It's It brings so much emotion. Just give me a second. For anybody who knows Erin, she doesn't cry, so this is absolute garbage. <laughs> I might be a little bit sarcastic. You might but, be. Okay. I'm ready. I'm not, but... <laughs> I need to get the voice right. Help me out, Pam. What's the voice? It's like... Gotta... It's very airy and deep within. I'm so sorry, everyone. This hurts me so much. Just so you know, it hurts me more than it hurts you. (laughs) The glove box is for gloves. What's your handbag for? Be blessed in the most chaotic way possible and enjoy your coffee. Have a good day, guys.